0: Hey, this is Bob, and welcome to the latest episode of The Road to Racing, where we spend time talking about the profound and not-so-profound things of cycling, life, and everything in between. On the way to the race, during events, hanging out with friends, wherever we end up, you're along for the ride. So now that you're here, join us for interesting interviews, potentially bad advice, and the best tips I can give about making your own cutoffs. All right. Robert here from The Road to Racing, flying solo today after getting back from Interbike. And I went with William Cycling. Um, Keith has supported me um, with wheels and, and stuff since I started racing competitively. And recently they're changing direction and changing their business models to their business model to a dealer model and from their direct to consumer and Keith wanted to show off his new line of wheels and hopefully find some dealers so i was there in the booth helping out and also going going around to different booths checking out checking out the new stuff and also looking for potential sponsors for next year and our william cycling elite team <coughs> and it was pretty good and it's looking good tons of new products out there super cool keith got really good exposure and the new wheels look super sweet super fun and super fast and then um, i did cross vegas i did the wheeler and dealer race super fun super fun event always and um and I got a mid-pack start. It was it was alright. And uh, by the uh, by the by the first half of the race, I was top ten. But the top five were way ahead. And at that point, I was uh, I was pretty content to go for the crowd favorite, uh, hopping the barriers every lap, riding the stairs, or at least attempting to. Um, it was super great to hop the barriers every time, and everyone would flip out go crazy and um and yeah it was like being a superstar for a little while (laughs) and then um and then while i was at the show the last day i was there um talked to some friends talked to some friends that work in the industry and also a new helmet company um that's been around about a year super cool dudes super cool company and uh hopefully i get my hands on one of their helmets soon all right now let's get into the interviews all right so robert here we're at interbike hanging out at the williams booth and uh frank schumacher came in we have to ask him a few questions and uh how'd you get into the whole cross racing scene
1: uh so i bought a used cross bike on a whim about 15 years ago thinking it'd be a cool commuter bike Went to a race because it was a free clinic and uh, got talked into racing and uh, totally fell down the rabbit hole and now I'm fully addicted.
0: Oh yeah, so, totally, yeah. totally. And then uh, you got into the race promoting and doing, doing events and stuff.
1: Yeah, so there was a local race promoting group that was putting on um, a mountain bike race series and then they took over the cross series in Sacramento uh, that I had been racing and I heard that they were taking that over so I went to them and said I was interested in helping out, uh, volunteering. And within two years I was race director and kinda running the whole show and then started doing more and branched out and now I'm doing my own race promoting thing yeah, part yeah. time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and how do you how do you like race promoting and directing and everything? Is it it's, a little too chaotic or you know It's
1: chaotic but it's fun. It's like a thing where um, to me it always feels like I, I just like threw out a party invitation and two hundred friends came and everybody's just drinking beer and racing bikes and having fun and it's like for my my series it's like a 16 hour workday and I don't realize it until we stop and I sit down for dinner at 11 o'clock at night and then everything falls apart (laughs) because I just float through the day on adrenaline and stoke from all my buddies being around you know so it's good
0: and then uh then your gig with cyclocross magazine you enjoy traveling around, looking at the news, new stuff, geeking out?
1: I do. Uh, you know, a lot of it's I do advertising sales, which is sounds deadly boring, and a lot of it is because I'm sitting at home emailing people. Um, but coming to trade shows like this where I get to look at people eye to eye and shake their hand and talk to them face to face and build a relationship, that's that's where it becomes yeah, yeah, cool yeah, totally. and fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, and hanging out with the athletes. Do you do any yes. other reporting? And
1: I, I don't do a lot of reporting, but i got to tell you, yesterday was like, for a cross geek yesterday was pretty rad because I sat down and talked to Jonathan page for half an hour. Uh, I talked to Katarina Nash. I talked to Jeremy powers. I talked to Lauren Sweek. got a picture with Sweek and with page. And it's, so it's kind of like pinching me, man. I'm in cross heaven here.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And then the cross, the whole cross Vegas thing. I, it's always a super fun, cool event. Yeah. And uh, for this year, not being a, a world cup, but being a, still being a UCI C1 um, and seeing all the people out there, but, how do you think it stacked up to years past?
1: Uh, it was definitely a little bit lighter and they the way they scheduled it this year, it's between two World Cups, yeah. so a lot of people didn't make a lot of racers, elites didn't make the trip across the country and back across the country, so the start line was maybe a little thin for the elite races, um, but the racing still looked good and uh, it was good competition and lots of people watching and yelling and you know, yeah, it was totally, awesome.
0: Totally. Uh, and then, uh, Ellen Noble, hopping the barriers. dude.
1: You know, two coolest things of the night. Ellen Noble hopping the barriers in the women's race, which you never see. And then in the whole industry race, I only saw one dude hopping the barriers, and that was Bobby Terra. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then to watch uh, Schweek ride the sand every lap, every like lap. it wasn't there. Yeah. Dude. That was amazing. So impressive. So impressive. amazing. Yeah. Great tactical racing too. Oh yeah. To have his brother at the end.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know. Yeah. And talking to powers
1: after it me. sounds. I'm, Sorry, I he rode thing. sand every lap that I watched, but I guess he bobbled on the last lap. Yeah. And yeah. that's what cost him second place. Ah, so, yeah. So. Yeah. But
0: it was yeah it was an exciting race to watch. Yeah, and, it was you know. solid. Can't wait for next year in Reno. That'll totally. Be fun.
1: Yeah. I don't know where the venue is for sure and what the course will look like, but maybe it will be less. Uh, velcro grass and yeah, more variety definitely so. I would
0: love some more technical uh yeah <laughs> features yeah for sure uh, yeah totally well thanks cool. Frank that was... hey, of course
1: dude thanks for inviting
0: yeah all right this is Robert here with Tyler the vegan cyclist um, we're at interbike at the Williams booth hanging out and I uh, had to grab Tyler for a few questions um so getting into cycling uh, what were you expecting when you first started?
2: That I was going to win everything I did. Like, <laughs> legit thought, bro, I uh, I can ride 18 miles an hour on the flats. I'm probably the next world champion. <laughs> like, that is 100% what I legitimately thought. And then I went and did my first Cat5 race and was just like, I don't understand what happened. I, I was tunnel visioned and then they were pulling me off the race. And I, I just thought I was going to win. And I didn't realize that there's, like, there's just levels to this thing, man. Oh, yeah. There's just levels where you can you can go as hard as you possibly want to go, but there's always someone else that's zone one going twice as fast as
0: you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, how did you get into the vegan vegan lifestyle?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a slow transition, man. It's, uh, I think, over, like a 10-year period of just kind of easing into, like, eating healthier. And then had my son. Um, and when you have a kid, you're basically going to make them out of food. And so, okay. I mean, like, legitimately, yeah, yeah, you're, no. you're, you're going to consume something. You're going to break down the, the, the elements of that thing and then create a human. And yes. so do you want to create a human out of McDonald's? Or do you want to create a human out of spinach? And so that just kind of made me a... a uh, a a health conscious meat eater and then i don't know one day i just watched the wrong youtube channel dude (laughs) and legitimately the it i had bacon and eggs and yogurt for breakfast and then for lunch i came down and i was like babe i'm sorry but i'm vegan Uh, i don't know what to tell you and i just it was just a light switch man and it's been great ever since i i don't know if it works out for everyone i think 95 percent plant-based I think that works for everyone, but for yeah, yeah. me, I work from home. I live in the agricultural mecca of the world. Yeah, for sure. There's right? no excuse for me not to be able to have my diet be 100. percent
0: Totally. And now being a dad again, having two-time having second dad, kid, yeah. Uh, how has that changed your uh, your race race schedule, your your just whole life, you know?
2: Well, balancing um,
0: everything, you know, between your YouTube, your training, your work.
2: I mean, honestly, you just, like, what's passionate to you, you just make the time. Yeah. You just, whatever, if it's important to you, you make the time. So when someone says, I don't have the time, I, there was this good quote, and I'm putting myself on blast because I just told you I don't have the time to do a it. <laughs> so, but uh, they said, don't say you don't have time. Say it's not priority. And when you say it like that, It it changes that whole perspective because legitimately my priority right now is to get back with my family and get them home. My priority is a podcast is less priority. But I'm I'm, going to, that would be, feels rude to say that. And so then you want to say, well, dude, I don't have time. It's just, you you have time for your priorities. And so what are your priorities? Are your priorities racing bikes? Uh, Is it family? Is it work? Is it whatever? And those things will shift around. So, uh, cycle across last night, yeah. my priority was not my wife, it was not my son, it was not my daughter. Dude, it was me. I was having fun. and But as soon as that was over, as soon as I crossed the finish line, my son. I put my son up on the bike, I'm with my, my wife, I'm holding the baby, yeah. you shift it around. You make it, you know, you do a little bit of, of everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah
0: totally. All right, Robert here. I'm at Interbike. I'm at the uh, now. Now helmet. Now helmet. I'm with
3: I the director of sales.
0: Okay. And um, what's your guys's? Uh, what market are you directing to? Um, helmet models.
3: So basically, we're going to be looking towards going after the road helmets. Okay. You know, um, really we got into the to the mountain bike as well, and then the urban. You know, anywhere from the electric bikes all the way down to your rollerbladers, you know, um, roller skaters. Okay,
0: cool. Um, and so how would you guys get started? You're, you're a new company now.
3: So um, we're a newer company as far as on the, on the cycling industry. Our background is in the motorcycle industry. So working on EPS liners for the motorcycle high impact stuff to keep us nice and safe. Um, we started realizing where we can look towards going a little more green, which in the cycling community. So we look towards implementing some of that EPS liner on a bicycle helmet.
0: Okay, and uh, your, your road helmets have some innovation. You're you're not so much for cosmetic looks, you're more about the performance, the safety, and um, how'd you guys go about doing that?
3: So the owner wanted something different, so when we created the different look, then we took it to the wind tunnels chart customizing, we realized to get the best performance we had to keep that different look and the harder edges and the sharper lines. So we decided to be different and join the industry being different.
0: Cool, cool, cool. And then um, your full custom decal work. Um, how'd that come about and um, how does it work?
3: So a good friend of mine is kind of how it started. Um, he's been doing you know, car wraps and Garmin wraps and he started that industry. So we were actually talking one day and uh, he got a glimpse of the helmet realized that the graphics would work on this helmet really well because of the, the shapes and how the helmets uh, curves and whatnot. And uh, started from that point on. That's how it started. Cool.
0: Cool. Cool. And, uh, and it's pretty innovative. You can just mix and match and change out really easy without leaving any marks?
3: Yes. So the actual application process is really simple. Um, if you lay down the material, unlike tint or something else, when you peel it back, there's no glue residue or anything. So you can look towards making sure the kit is lined up perfectly. And then in six months, two months, four months, whatever it may be, you want a different kit. You could just peel this one back off and reapply the new kit, which cool. now gives you new colorways. You know.
0: Yeah, you can always change and adapt. Thank you for listening to the Road to Racing's Interbike Edition. And we'll be back next year at Interbike, hopefully with more interviews and more insight on new technology um and hopefully i catch you out at some cross races thanks for listening and you can follow us at the road to racing on the social medias if you have any questions comments or suggestions about our next podcast drop us a line at the road to racing at gmail.com stay rad my friends